Hi again, Melissa Alcoholic. Um, uh, I'm just going to talk for a couple minutes on the 11th tradition and the 11th concept. Um, and then I asked these other guys to talk about some cool topics. Megan's going to talk about uh, meeting a movie star in AA and, like, how anonymity works with someone like that. Um, and then these guys are going to talk about relationships, um, like, before what it was, what happened, what it was like, and... What's no what what it was like? What they're gonna talk about relationships? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, right, that AA talk like relationships before and after. You know the recovery, the twelve steps, sobriety. Um, we've been Alan on speaker and an AA speaker. So um, I'm gonna talk about the eleventh tradition, which talks about keeping ourselves anonymous at the level of press, radio, and film. And like the big thing that AA says is that we don't break our anonymity at the public level um, when it has to be published, right? So if you're doing something that you have to, like, submit or copy or be filmed or um, put online, like, that's when we don't tell people that we're in AA. If you talk to someone on a one-on-one -on -one level, if you're at work, you're with a family, if you talk to the uh, bartista at Starbucks or the gas station attendant, you can tell them in AA. We just don't tell people on a public level that we're all in AA, and that stops AA from having a face to it. Right? If my was the face of AA, a lot of people wouldn't want to come here. I mean, God, you should know all the young men in AA that get mad at me because I always say what I think. Like, I would just, we would no longer have young men coming to AA if I was the face, right? We want to avoid a face to AA. The other thing that we do is we don't, um, it's really bad for our egos if we kind of make ourselves like the spokesperson of AA. Like, look at me. Look what happened to me. Look what happened to me. You know, so it saves us and it saves AA. So if you ever have to, like, press anything that says, like, publish or post, um, and you want to talk about your AA, like, AA asks that we don't do that for AA and for our own personal reasons. And then the 11th concept talks about how when we do service, we ask for the best possible people to do service. Um, it's talking about a high level of service uh, at our trustee level, but it's here in AA too. So if we, like, are going to elect someone to do a position, um, is it the right person? Have they done it before? Um, can they get there? Um, sometimes we want to look at those positions that really have to happen, right? Like really, really, really have to happen. Like should you be the one that opens up the doors to the central office? Like can you do it? Have you been there? And so we just look at that kind of stuff. So that's the 11th tradition and the 11th concept in a small little nutshell. Um, that's all. Thank you. Our next speaker tonight is Megan S. Her home group is Love and Service Group, and she's going to talk about movie stars in AA. Hi, everybody. I'm Megan. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, guys. It's good to be here. I'm only going to talk for a few minutes as well. Melissa asked me if I would talk about an experience that we had a couple of years ago when we went to the international convention, and we met a movie star and what anonymity looked like. First, I was kind of afraid because I feel like a lot of people know this story. I've told this story at our home group before, um, like even from the podium and stuff like that. But looking around, like, it's kind of a different crowd. Um, so that makes me feel a little better. Um, and I'll, like, start off by saying um, that my sobriety date's November 30th of 2009. I have eight years sober in AA. I have a sponsor. I sponsor women. This is my home group. I have a service position. I'm on the intergroup committee as well. Um, I love AA. I love being here. I love my home group. Uh, I love everybody that's in my home group. And I love movie stars. Um, and I used to think, like, that made me bad or dumb or that I had to apologize for that. I'm really just learning this year I don't have to apologize for who I am. Like, it's okay to be me. I should not spend my last 
bottom dollar at Target, but it's okay that I like to go there. Like, um, it's okay that I like to read people in Us Weekly. I can still serve God and be a great mom. Like, it doesn't make me dumb. It's okay if I use my voice in AA. I'm learning this. I'm just learning, like, it's okay if I talk about my experience. It's okay if that upsets people. It's okay if not everybody likes what I like. And so for a little while, I thought, like, um, don't ever tell anyone that you DVR the Kardashians, you know, because... Um, because you, you shouldn't like that, you know? Uh, people will think this and this and this about you. But um, I do, and I love it. And, like, I don't care. Like, I even still love Kanye. So, um, so anyway, um, so anyway, there's that part of it, right? And then the other part is that I love AA. I love conventions. I love going to AA. I love parties. I love social events. I love things where there's a lot of people, and you just, like, feel the God there. I love... When our meeting is big and vibrant, um, I love to celebrate AA. I like to celebrate anniversaries and anything like that. And that's okay, too. That's part of who I am. I'm an extroverted person. I like to talk to people I don't know. And so a couple years ago, we went to the AA International Convention in Atlanta. And I'd never been to an international convention. I had a couple years sober. It was one of the best experiences of my whole entire life. I've, I've really never had a spiritual experiences like I did there. And just part of it was just the crowd, was just the amount of people, of sober people that were there uh, that wanted to hear other sober people and see other sober people and learn how committees did things in different areas. And it was a really cool experience. And um, a couple of us spoke there. I spoke at the International Convention. That was a super cool experience. I got to talk about the topic of a home group and my home group is my favorite thing in the whole world I love it here I love it here more than anything in the world I could not wait to drop my kids off to get here today and part of that's because I'm with them 24 7 365 like unless I'm here and um, the other reason is that I just love to come here I love my friends here I love what we talk about I love what we do I love like that Jared's a secretary I love that my friends are here I love that Nicole's here with her baby I just do so um so we go to this international convention, and um, I spoke. That was a cool experience. And Melissa spoke. And so when I spoke, it was on the home group, and it was probably about a room this big, and there were probably this many people there. And Melissa got asked to speak about the 12 warranties, which is part of the 12th concept. And so they gave her basically a closet to speak in because they thought, like, that's how many people would want to come. But it turns out that's not the case. I mean, it was maybe half this room. And more people wanted to come than could come. Um, like, Patty was looking through the window the whole time, like, waving at us. And um, I'm sure that some of you have been ha have had an experience where you go to a speaker or you're in an AA meeting, and it was better than anything you could have ever hoped or dreamed, and there was something there, something in the room. I'm sure any of you could think back, like, remember that one meeting? And this is, like, what that 12 warranties concept talk was, um, it was like unlike any other talk that I heard that weekend. Um, and part of that was Melissa. Like, Melissa's like head opened and like God came through her brain and out of her mouth. And it was super amazing, everything that she talked about and how she related the warranties to her life. Um, she got a standing ovation, which none of the other speakers did like, at that place. So that it was just cool. And it was this cool experience. And um, like, that's my friend up there. And I just kept seeing all this lady in the back crying. 
And I'm a crier, so I noticed her, and I thought, oh, I've been the lady in the back crying. I've been the lady in the front crying. I've been the lady to the side crying. Um, and I also noticed that she had a dog in a stroller. <laughs> so that's, that was different. There was nobody else that had a dog in a stroller. And then... Um, I'm like, the lady, Melissa's speaking, it's amazing, people are standing, oh my God, she's my friend, lady in the back crying with the dog. So I was like distracted, and well, this amazing experience, so many people, this is way amazing, what am I going to wear? Lady in the back crying with the dog. So then um, there was, we went with another girl, Casey, that now lives in Buffalo, and people were like in the receiving line to thank Melissa, and I wanted to stand next to her so people like knew I was her friend. Um, maybe they would like thank me too, um, their talk was awesome. And Casey said, do you know who that is back there? And I said, no, with the, no, that one with the dog. And she said, that's so-and-so. Like, that's a movie star. And, like, that, it wasn't just like, oh, that's like that one person that had an extra in that one part a long time ago. Like, this person comes from a super famous family. Like, their family is very famous. And I was like, oh, my God. And... Um, I thought, well, like, we probably can't bug her, you know, um, and I'm getting some attention here with Melissa, so I stood up there, and we were leaving, and people were leaving the room, and she was just still crying, and I said, are you okay? And she said, no, I am not, and she had a tag on that said Jane Doe, and um, she said, and I said, what's wrong? She said, people are taking my picture, and I thought I could come here this weekend, and I just wanted to come here, and I love the concepts, and I wanted to come hear this talk, and everybody on the way in was trying to take my picture on their cell phones, and she said, it's worse than at the airport, and I said, oh, like, that's really messed up, and I said, is this your dog? She said, yeah, this is my dog. It's the best dog in the world. I said, well, this is my friend Melissa, and this is my friend Casey, and she said, like, that was amazing what your friend said. She said, I love the concepts, and I didn't know other people did, and I said, she does love the concept. And then she said, you know, when my sponsor takes somebody through the steps, we go through step one, tradition one, and concept one. And then step two, tradition two, concept two. I said, that's really cool. I've never heard of that. And then she said, do you guys want to go talk out there? And I'm like, sure. And then she said like, to Casey, can I borrow your sunglasses? And so we went out there, and we met up with Alex, and we met up with Casey's partner, um, and people were taking her picture. And we were walking, and this was a big convention center. And then there was balconies and different rows, and people were yelling down to her, you know, um, Jane, 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 taking a picture with her cell phone. And she kind of started to cry again, and she got so meek and, and kind of scared. She said, this isn't what I wanted this weekend. I wanted to come here, talks like I just heard. This isn't why I'm here. And we just said, oh, that, that must be pretty crappy. And so we ended up getting to spend a lot of time with her. It was amazing. There were super cool things that happened that I've never got to do in my whole life, like go backstage at a convention center and have security guards take us around. And she showed us pictures of, like, her boyfriend and said, do you think he's cute? Like, my opinion mattered of her boyfriend. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd say so. Um, <laughs> he's good looking. I'd so is Joel. Um, so... Uh, but all weekend, um, we hung out with her. You know, like, last time I said, like, she, we went to, like, a dance with her. Like, at one point, I looked over, and, like, her and Christopher, like, just dancing the two of them on the dance floor. I'm like, where are we, you know? Um, but really what she talked about over and over again is how she wanted to be anonymous and how she liked to be in movies and she liked to do her job that she did. But she wanted to be able to come here. 
and she didn't want people to take pictures with their cell phone and put it on Facebook and say, look who I saw at the AA convention. And then somebody else to comment on it and say, yeah, dude, her, she hit rock bottom. Did you know what her mom did? And did you know what happened here? And did you know what happened there? And I just saw on such a level, like, how we, how it matters, how it matters how we talk about people in AA, how it matters how we treat people, even if they're super cool and famous. And, like, are we helpful? You know, like, are, is that helpful when we do that? Is it not? You know, it was a cool experience for me because I love stuff like that because I love Hollywood and pop culture and everything. But it was a cool experience for me to be able to understand, like, on an even deeper level, like, what it means um, to be anonymous in AA uh, and how we should try to be helpful of everybody. Like, not that long ago, um, I had a baby. So a year ago, I had a baby. And I was not working on, um, I was not working, and I have, was home with my son, and Tuesday and Thursday mornings, he went to preschool. So every Thursday morning, I went to a 9.30 women's meeting in Pittsburgh, and so it's me and women in Pittsburgh that don't work at 9.30, and that's, that's fine. Um, it was a great meeting, and they saw me get more and more and more pregnant, and I became close with these women, and then I, one week, I came in with the baby, you know, so I have her on a Wednesday, and when she's eight days old on Thursday, I bring her. And everybody was so excited there. You would have thought that when I walked in, we were not walking into an A meeting. We were walking into, like, have you ever called, heard of a sip and see? That's where people drink and you get to meet their baby. So not the sip part, but the see part. You would have thought you were walking in to just to see my baby. Like, everybody flocked to me and said, she's here, she's here, she's here. Some people had gifts with them because they figured I was coming and they were going to see me. A woman knitted me something, all of this stuff. And it was exciting and it was fun. And I just felt the love, you know, like, God, look at I'm here with my baby. And then I went to the first step. They offered a first step and um, somebody shared. And then a woman spoke up and she said, um, I was in AA for a year and I've been drinking for a year and I felt really dumb that I didn't know the woman with the baby. And everybody here seemed to know her except me. And I'm just feeling excluded, and I'm feeling left out, and I'm feeling scared to be here. And I really want to drink. And I thought, like, oh, my God, like, that's not what I wanted. And that's not what anybody else wanted that was excited for me. And so a bunch of women talked to her. I spoke, you know, during that meeting, and I said, like, it's super exciting for me that I have a baby, but that's not why we're here. You know, we're here to help new people get sober. And we're here to be helpful of people. And so I just, like, think that that's important to remember when we're in a meeting, if there's a famous person or if there's a person that just had a baby or if there is a person that, um, anything, that, like, we're here to be helpful to people that are trying to get sober or people that are sober that need our help or we're here to be helped by people. And we're not here because, um, because sometimes famous people come. And it's exciting, and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it that weekend that in Atlanta, my whole life. But at the same time, um, I know, um, you know, I know why we're here. And now I know on an even deeper level, like, why we remain anonymous. I know why I don't post my coins on Facebook. I know why I don't talk about it online. I know why I don't publish articles about it in in other magazines other than the grapevine. You know, I know that stuff now, and even on a deeper level. And so it ties in a little bit with the tradition. It's a cool experience that I had. Uh, I'm glad. Thanks, Melissa, for asking me. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Megan. All right. Our next speaker is Christina. 
Hi, everyone. My name is Christina. Um, thank you, Melissa, for asking me to share. Um, I'm so honored to speak here. Um, I've been coming to this meeting for I don't know how many years, and um, it's just I'm so honored. Thank you. Um, so, yes, I am a grateful member of Al-Anon. Um, my first meeting was uh, about 15 years ago, and um, Melissa asked me to speak on what my relationships looked like before Al-Anon and after Al-Anon. And so I walked into my first meeting 15 years ago, so I have the pre-Al-Anon, but then I also have the pre-Al-Anon, haven't worked the steps, not a sponsor, and... Um, not a relationship with God. And actually, those kind of look the same. Um, when I first walked into Al-Anon and, um, you know, I went to meetings and I talked to people and it was good for a little bit. Um, it was good for a few years. And then, um, then everything just started getting bad again because I didn't have a relationship with God. I, I didn't have a God in my life. Um, so basically what my relationships looked like um, were was about me trying to control and manipulate someone else to try and um, to to try and control and manipulate someone else so that I would feel the way I thought I needed to feel um, uh, and I would use you know I would use gifts to try and um, to try and get that that feeling I would use my kids um, I uh, forced my kids to go to, um, different events with, um, with, you know, um, these, uh, you know, these other men or whatever. And, you know, their kids, um, they didn't want to go, they didn't want to do that. Um, but I thought, you know, if, if they just went and if, if, you know, they were perfect and if they acted perfect and, you know, then, then I would feel good. Then everything would be good. Everything would be perfect. Um, and the part that, um, that, you know, that I realized is that I wasn't going to get this. I wasn't going to get this love that I needed from another person. I was only going to get this from God. And, um, so I spent, you know, this time in these relationships trying to, you know, trying to get this love that I wasn't going to be able to get. Um, so I was never happy. I was, you know, I was, I was in a lot of pain. Um, and, um, then, you know, I, I met my sponsor. I heard her at a meeting and, um, and we went through the steps and, um, and I had a, I had a spiritual awakening and I built this relationship with God and, um, it's taken, you know, there have been, you know, quite a, there's been a few surrenders that, um, that I needed to go to go through, um, in order to, um, to really be able to, um, you know, open my heart up, um, or I guess kind of like break open where I was open enough where God could get in and, um, and to really, um, to love me so that I didn't need to, you know, um, so that I didn't need to, um, to try and manipulate to, you know, other people or whatever. Um, so yeah, so sorry, I'm a little nervous. Um, so yeah, so 
so I went through the steps and um, and I I had a this relationship that that ended because of course you know I was it wasn't really a relationship anyways because it was all up in my head it was not anything real um, and I uh, I. I, um, so, yeah, so sorry. Um, so, yeah, so the relationship ended and I, um, I really, um, realized that, you know, that, that I didn't need this relationship um, that I really, you know, I just needed God's love and that that was going to make me complete. That was going to give me everything that I needed. Um, and, and, um, I had, I had this period of time after this particular relationship ended and I was, um, I thought, well, you know, and I'd like to, you know, find someone, I'd like to have a relationship. And I, um, I started going online and on the dating web websites and stuff and and getting pretty obsessed with that um, and you know just not meeting the right people not meeting I just wasn't it just I wasn't feeling it I wasn't um, and I just it just it just wasn't it wasn't happening for me and I was getting more and more obsessed with it I was going on and feeling bad and um, but still needing to go on like every day. Um, and I finally got to the point where, where I realized that like, I couldn't do this anymore, that like, I just, I had to, I had to start praying every time I went on and I had to just ask God to help me to, to not, you know, to just let this go and let God just run my life because I can't do it. Like I can't, every time I try to do it, it's just a mess. And um, so I prayed, and I got to the point where, and this is where I had, like, my, my full surrender, um, where I was able to just say, all right, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, whatever it is, you know, if I'm supposed to be with a guy or if I'm not supposed to be with a guy, whatever. Like, whatever it is, just I'm going to let you figure this out because I can't do it myself. And um, And so, and that's what I did. And within like a couple weeks, maybe it was not, even, it was like maybe a month, um, I had been coming to this meeting and, um, and I heard my soon to be husband speak. Um, and, and it was amazing, um, because it was like he was speaking to me and I know he wasn't, but like, it was, it was like everything he was saying was like, was like, just to me, and um, and I hadn't even talked to him yet, but but um, but it was amazing, and it wasn't even that. It was what he was talking about. It was just like um, I was just like, oh my god, I so relate to everything he's talking about. Like it, it just, it was like God was just like like here, like this is what I want you to have. Like I've been holding on to this, you know, for so long and waiting for you to, you know, just open up your heart and you know. Um, know that I love you and that, you know, this is, this is what I'm giving you. This is a gift I'm giving you. And, um, and my relationships now with my husband, um, are amazing. Um, we just got married last year and, um, it's, our lives are just 
just absolutely, it's just beyond anything that I could have ever imagined in my entire life. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to control. I'm not trying to, you know, um, you know, decide what or manipulate. You know, it's just about, you know, us um, loving each other and loving God. You know, God is number one in my life. Um, and, and then, you know, with that, that love that God gives me, it allows me to be able to love others and to love my husband, um, which, you know, was something that I couldn't do before. I just couldn't because I was always in pain. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that true love from God. Um, so, and so today, yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, there's definitely, um, there's been, you know, difficult times, you know, there's been difficult things that I've gone through and, you know, but now, you know, in my relationship, you know, my husband and I, we, we, we do it together and we do it with God right in the middle. Um, and, you know, we're able to walk through these really difficult things together. Um, and that's nothing that I could have ever done before ever. Um, so thank you. Thank you. And our last speaker tonight is Kevin. Just had a lot of booze, and that's my story, too. (laughs) Uh, I'm Kevin. I'm an alcoholic. This is my home group. Love my home group, too. Um, uh, Let's see. Oh, let's see. Uh, All right. (laughs) We're going to get down and dirty, then. Okay. Um, We'll start off young. (laughs) First off, uh, my mother used to cut my hair uh, with a bowl over it, and I had buck teeth. And a double chin, and I was pretty fat, you know, a real ladies' man. (laughs) So, um, somehow, I don't know, you guys made it, the guys in this room made it look so easy when I was that age. I mean, it was just like, everybody was like, just smooth, you know, and here I am, do-to-do, you know. It's like... uh, (laughs) I don't know, you talk about, um, you know, full flight from reality, you know, that's the only relationship I could have with someone is is the one that I didn't talk to, you know, and uh, and even then when she talked to another guy, I'd get jealous, and, you know, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so uh, booze came along, and... Um, That didn't help a lot <laughs> because by the time I got nerve to go up to someone, I was, uh, you know, and they'd walk away, <laughs> you know. Um, so most of my relationships, if there was any little interest in me, that's the person I got, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, there's like, uh, I grabbed onto that with everything, you know. And um, I, uh, 
even if I wasn't sure if I wanted to get in a relationship or not, I did it anyways because because she might have second thoughts, so I had to get it why it's hot, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. Brings me to my wife. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, no um, you know, I... I I'm not the most, uh, for one thing, this is just my experience. I, I don't know anything about this stuff, but uh, I um, I had a couple of things that I uh, looked at. Like this is, um, I would contort myself to anything that that person would want, you know. I would say yes when I really didn't believe anything that was going on, you know. I would, uh, I'm, I'm a great beginner. I'm a great boyfriend for the first few weeks, you know, and then, you know, flowers every day, you know. Uh, I'd listen to you all night long, you know, and in the back of my mind, I'd be like, oh, jeez, <laughs> when's this going to stop, <laughs> you know? And, uh, um, yeah, it, you know, I I would have to do that because I would – I was so afraid, you know, um, to lose this, you know, even if it was bad, you know, even if it was an awful relationship, I just, I was just so scared to be alone, you know, um, I, uh, always considered, you know, if, if, you know, I would go from one to the other as soon as possible, um, and, uh, it's really because I was just scared to death, you know. I um, I didn't have any anything in my life um, except the booze, you know. Used to drink Genesee, you know. At least you got Jenny, <laughs> you know. Um, there was a lot of Jenny nights. <laughs> so, uh, um, and if I did have a girlfriend or or anything, um, you know, I, I would pretty much say goodbye to my friends, family. Um, they became everything, you know. I was always have to do what they wanted to do um, because of that fear, you know. And, and um, uh, I couldn't get home fast enough from work or the gym or whatever um, because I was afraid to, to piss her off, you know, or, or um, you know, it, it was like walking on eggshells, you know. Um, so, uh, the other thing I pretty much, uh, pay for everything all the time, <laughs> their rent, whatever, you know, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I always like to, um, feel like the hero, so I would, uh, try to save uh, women, you know, uh, I would, you know, <laughs> um, one of my later on relationships, you know, um, I was like watching kids and paying rent and putting a lot of stuff into the house. And, uh, and I remember her mom saying, man, you have just dropped down from heaven. And I'm like, yep, that's me. You got it. <laughs> you know, and I felt so good, you know. 
Um, uh, the thing is, is uh, when I rely on that, no one can say enough to make me happy. You know, it's like all of a sudden she might be saying the same thing, but I'm like, eh, it's not as enthusiastic as the last time or, you know, and my brain just starts going, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's a, that mental illness of alcoholism, I think, you know, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd want to rescue her and then I would resent her, you know, for not thanking me enough. And then I'd become the victim, you know, self-pity. Oh, geez, no one appreciates me anymore. You know, and it'd be like a, it's this triangle of uh, just, I couldn't even get out, you know. The hero the, to, you know, um, not not feeling um, satisfied or whatever with, with whatever um, praise that they were giving me. And then I'd feel like the victim. And then I, from the victim, you know, they'd get mad at me or something, and I'd try to be the hero again, and it's, it's like a vicious cycle for me. And um, uh, um, anyways, so anyways, I, I um, where was I? I. Uh, When I got into, um, well, let's go with my first marriage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're, you know, I would get a, I, I would go to uh, some meetings, you know, and I'd get like, I would think that I was like being spiritual going to meetings without working the steps and stuff. So what I would do is I'd come home and I'd say how unspiritual my first wife was. <laughs> and uh, she didn't like that too much. Um, all my relationships, I was always like, uh, um, I never took my inventory, you know, I was always thinking what's wrong with her, you know, how can I change her so that she'll be okay? Or eventually she's going to come around to this where I like her again or something, you know, and, and, um, you know, uh, my sponsor always says, you know, taking someone's, someone other's someone else's inventory uh, doesn't do me any good, you know, and um, that was true. I, uh, uh, when I divorced, uh, well, when I separated from her, um, there was no one else to blame for my being miserable. I mean, I tried to blame my kids sometimes, but that only went so far. Um, I mean, it was, you know, I was pretty dry and uh, out of control. Oh, before that, before <laughs> uh, you might not want to listen to this. <laughs> I, uh, I would have these fears that, like, they were cheating on me. And... Um, I, uh, you know, and my sponsor could identify with this, you know, taking off from work and driving up and, and just, you know, when you see footsteps in the snow or cigarette butts outside the house and all that. Well, I, I had a baby monitor <laughs> that I sort of put in the, 
the room, and I went to went to work and uh, hopped the fence, and I stood in the garage for about five hours, <laughs> and she, which was very torturous. You know, if you ever tried to be quiet and stand in the garage for five hours <laughs> and listen listen to a baby monitor. You know what she did? She she got up, she took a shower, and went to work. <laughs> I was so pissed off because I I really wanted to catch her with something. You know, I my mind was saying that she's doing something, and I'm gonna get her this time. You know, and I don't know if it was just me trying to find an excuse or an alibi for taking that drink, but I just really wanted to get her. You know, and and uh, that's a madness. You know. Um, and that's me. <laughs> that's me without God. You know, I, uh, I'm a, a great beginner, a lousy finisher, a psychopath. <laughs> you know, um, you know. So, anyway, uh, I started to um, uh, go through the book with with a sponsor. Um, and, uh, um, did an inventory. I'm not the nicest person in the world. I got a lot of self-seeking things. You know, I usually am nice to a, a woman because I want something back, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I'll listen to you all night long, but I, that's, you know, <laughs> I don't know whatever I want. <laughs> But uh, I, uh, you, you know, it just put a different spin on how I thought. You know, I always thought that I was the victim of everything, you know, with, with relationships, you know. No one understands me, you know. I'd be, like, um, full, and, full of self-pity and stuff like that. And I, you know, how, well, my first wife, you know, how she's, like, wants me to clean stuff and, and uh and, you know, and I didn't want to do anything, you know. I thought I was doing pretty good because my father, when uh, when I saw the relationship between my mother and father, you know, he would say, Skinny, give me a, give me a bowl of ice cream. And my, my mother would just, <laughs> you know. And uh, that wasn't how it was. It was a, you know, not, I would get my own ice cream, but... I didn't expect to do the dishes, too, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was, like, uh, figuring, well, I bring all the money in, so there should be some kind of perk, you know. Um, and uh, so that didn't work too well, you know. Um, I didn't know that I was really uh, doing a power play, you know, on that, um, you know, trying to manipulate her because of, because of that. Because that I made the money and she could, she was watching the kids, you know. Um, but, uh, anyways, I learned a, a little bit there. Um, still proceeded to grab anything I could get, you know, and um, had a lot of fear still, uh, but I didn't think I did. Um, you know, I. Um, Got into another relationship, um, and they were 
they seemed to be doing better, and I, you know, this is when I was working AA pretty good, and then all of a sudden I, I, um, you know, without telling my sponsor or anything, I moved in with somebody and <clears throat> and uh, made a real quick decision. You know, it was like, oh, I've been I've known her. You know, she's good. She's, you know, um, but I wasn't because I was I was still making her, you know, my God. You know, I, I was still afraid to be alone. I was still. Um, uh, focused in on, you know, just, just pleasing her, you know, even if it meant missing my home group or, uh, sponsoring people or whatever, you know, but she didn't do that. I did that. You know, I, I, um, I turned my back on God and made her God and, and I almost died, you know, and um, when that relationship broke up, because, you know, like I said before, it was, you know, I wasn't getting uh, the praise or I didn't get anything that I wanted. I pushed her away pretty much um, because of my uh, lack of self-esteem or or uh, my lack of reliance on God, um, you know, that that it's okay to be alone, you know. I'm never alone today, you know. I mean, um, if I have God. And um, anyways, that that threw me for a loop. Um, and, but it was a good thing because it brought me to my knees in front of Park Avenue. And, uh, and I told God, anything you need me to do, I will do anything. You know, speak in front of people or, or sponsor people or whatever. And... Um, and uh, I think I really have been relying on God. And um, for the last, I don't know, six or seven years. And um, I remember uh, speaking at my home group uh, probably like three times in a row or something one year. And one of the times I said, well, there must be something big coming up, you know, because... You know, I'm not, I'm not up here because I know anything. It's just because God knows, loves me so much, and He inspires somebody to ask me to speak so I can get out of my psychotic head, you know, and uh, think about somebody else for a minute. And um, uh, you know, I was sponsoring guys. Uh, after we prayed, I started sponsoring right away um, that first day again with a guy shaking like a leaf and uh loved that guy saved my life um and took him out for pizza started sponsoring him started having uh guys over for dinner drunks over for dinner and um uh started sponsoring quite a few guys and I don't know if it was like a couple of years or something like that later I was always like thinking, oh God, when are you gonna, you know, put someone in my life or whatever? And and uh, um, during that time, I don't know, it was a Sunday morning, and I just was looking out the window, and I was just was like, if this is all there is, God, making dinner for drunks and sponsoring guys, it's good. I'm good, you know. 
And uh, I think I spoke a, a few weeks later and something like that and uh, and uh, started talking to Christina. And, and um, you know, and I didn't think, <laughs> I wasn't, well, for one thing, I still, well, I'm not dead. All right, so I seen her come in. <laughs> I thought she was 20, you know, so I was like, and I didn't know why, she, you know, if it was my daughter coming in, I don't want to go up and try and, you know, intervene between me and God, you know, Jesus, that can't be a good thing, right? <laughs> um, so, so anyway, I mean, I saw, saw her, I was... Uh, with a sponsee of mine, he was like, I don't know, he, he liked every girl in the, in the home group. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always think of my home group, I don't know, it, it, I just think about my daughter, if she needed to come in here or something like that. I just, you know, I wanted to give her a chance, you know. So anyways, I saw Christina come in, and yeah, I stayed away from her. I didn't know if she was, if she worked the 12 steps, if she's too young, all that other stuff, you know. And we started talking after one time I spoke, and, and uh, um, well, one of the things we talked about is she goes, well, my 19-year-old, and I'm like, I'm not a math whiz. <laughs> but, so, and... And that didn't even, you know, you know, I was like, ooh, wow, that's great. <laughs> so, so anyways, um, I, we were talking about something, and I said, well, you, if you want to continue the conversation, you know, let's talk again. And I asked her for Facebook, why? Because I got so much game, you know. <laughs> I didn't know her number, didn't know how to spell her last name, you know, and uh, so I gave up after two days searching Facebook, and finally, finally, she, uh, I think she Facebooked me her number or something, or her name. No, she befriended me, <laughs> and then I was like, what's your number, <laughs> you know, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so, uh, like I said, you know, buck teeth, bull, you know, loser, yeah, <laughs> but I'm all right. Uh, anyway, so, um, so she wanted to get together and talk. I thought it was about, well, I was praying to keep my motives aside because, I didn't know if she wanted to talk about something that she was having problems with or something like that. You know, maybe she just, you know. Um, so I had to pray to keep my motives and, you know. And we talked the first time and then the second time we got together, prayed more, you know. And because um, I still didn't know why she was hanging out with me. <laughs> um, and um, I... Uh, the, the third time we got together, uh, she wouldn't let me uh, pick her up uh, or anything. I asked if she wanted me to pick her up or anything, and um, 
she would always say no, and I was like, mm, no, that's probably not a good sign, so let's just lay off, you know. So she calls me back to her the third time. I thought, you know, we were going to meet at the restaurant or whatever. And uh, and uh, she goes, um, well, I decided you can pick me up. I'm like, for our date. And I was like, date? <laughs> You're moving too fast. No. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, the first date we had, we go into this uh, Italian restaurant, and she whispers to me, because there's, like, a bar there and stuff, she goes, is this okay with you? <laughs> I go, yes, why are we whispering? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> anyways, I... Uh, I um oh, we started dating um <laughs> and I'm I'm you know I think the the big thing is you know it says you know we have to turn in all things to the power of light you know the father of light all things you know and um I think I did that on Park Avenue, the sidewalk out there, you know. I mean, I'm okay. I'll be okay alone. And I don't ever felt like that, that I could do that before. Um, another thing, uh, Alex helped me with it. Uh, we talked for a while, and um, I think he, would, he put down, you know, uh, what usually happens or whatever or uh, what what my fear was of what's going to go wrong in this relationship or whatever. And I listed a lot of things, you know, I'm a good beginner, lousy finisher, you know, um, I get jealous, I get crazy, I, um, I isolate, um, a lot of things. And he said, uh, when things are going good, you know, what are the characteristics of your relationship you know I'm loving giving you know um, uh, I don't know and he asked me okay well when it's going good uh, 